You're listening to On The Line, Entertainment.ie's new interview podcast. Today's interview, Eliza Schlesinger. Hey guys, Deirdre Malumbi, staff writer at Entertainment.ie here and welcome to my interview with comedian Eliza Schlesinger. Eliza is actually playing here at the Vicar Street on April 19th and you're probably going to hear me fangirling a little during the interview because I've seen her shows and I love them. You can actually find three of them on Netflix. They are called War Paint, Freezing Hot and Confirmed Kills. I especially recommend Freezing Hot um, but do go and check them all out on Netflix. Um, so during the interview we kind of talk about her career and methods as well as about her upcoming show which if you don't catch at Vicar Street by the way will be on Netflix in the future. We also talk about a movie she has coming out it stars Mark Wahlberg and Octavia Spencer that's called Instant Families that's another one to look out for. Um, I think that's enough for me so here's my interview and I hope you enjoy it. such a pleasure to speak with you today. I've seen all your Netflix specials and I absolutely love your work. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. It's it's just so funny. I think that one of my favourite things about your shows is how accurately you portray women in, women in all of our brilliance slash madness, um, especially when we're heading out for the night. I appreciate that. That is a ringing endorsement. Yeah, <laughs> I just try to be as honest as possible. <laughs> Where do you draw inspiration from for your sketches, actually? You know, I think it's just that. I think it's um, it's uh, the honesty in in our everyday interactions in life and I you know the inspiration is kind of I think about something and I think well I can't be so special and alone and crazy that I'm the only one thinking this so it's uh it's really more about this need to share with other people these intimate thoughts so that you don't feel so alone um and a little less crazy because <laughs> when you laugh at something, you laugh either because it's relatable or because it's so insane. <laughs> you can't believe someone's saying it. So that's just yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It does. It does make you feel less alone. I, I like the way you put that. Actually, um, how much inspiration have you taken, even from say, like family, friends, and personal relationships? And how do people like in your personal life? You know, how do they react to the shows? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky. Everybody's very supportive. Um, I'm not one of those comics. I don't talk about my family a lot. I don't, it's less about personal relationships, like intimate ones. And it's more about, uh, intimate thoughts that we all share. So, you know, it, there's not, you know, I'm not getting up there doing impressions of my mom and shitting on my fiance or ragging on my best friend or anything. These are all things that are just drawn from, I mean, a joke can come from something you hear in a bathroom Mm -hmm. to something you experience in line for coffee to an emotion you've had your whole life. So it's an ongoing process. Um, And everyone's very supportive and all my girlfriends are supportive because they're always like, oh, it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is very, very true. Um, another part of your act, which I love, Eliza, and which I think is really unique to um, what it, what you do and how you perform and how you liken people to different animals. And then I love all your different characters. <laughs> I think, well, obviously, the, the party goblin is always kind of a go to reference. But I even love you used to have the pharmacist with the grabbing hand. That's another one that yeah. I love that you do. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, those characters and how do you develop them? So funny. It's like, you know, I, you develop these things. I think the pharmacist was in freezing hot, so it was two specials ago. So mm-hmm. I haven't, 
I just thought about her, but I, I, I think it's a product of growing up. Um, I watched, you know, a lot of cartoons, very creative. My brother's very creative. My mom is. And so kind of growing up unencumbered by, um, any sort of constraints on your creativity. You know, I was allowed to draw and write sketches and make videos. I was always very into that. So I, I look at everything as kind of whimsical. Mm-hmm. I think animals have voices and I think inanimate objects have voices and there's a small cute voice to be had by almost anything. And there's a sort of almost Disney-like quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's evil witches and there's cute animals and there's princesses and while I'm not a Disney fanatic or anything, there is a very fantastical cartoon element to all of this. And I think that I look at things in terms of vignettes and sketches and, you know, you're just sort of applying that uh, fantastical layer to very practical everyday situations. Mm-hmm. And I think that doing that helps to get a point across, you know, your party goblin you know, is this thing inside you that makes you make crazy decisions, and we all have it. <laughs> you don't have to be an alcoholic or uh, a total prude. You know, everybody has those nights where the moon's align, mm-hmm. and you just wake up and you're like, I ate how many sandwiches out of the garden? <laughs> so it's more about giving a, a digestibility, I guess, to very common things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just it. It sounds like such a fascinating creative process. Um, I want to ask you Thank a bit you. about being a, a female comedian as well, because let's be honest, stand-up does tend to be a male-dominated industry. I mean, it has been for years. I think it still is now. But do you think that there's been an improvement in gender representation in stand-up? Oh, my God. I mean, I don't... It's interesting. When I started, everybody was so... Fa- and by the way, of course, I am not the first woman to hold a microphone. But when I started about 12 years ago, mm-hmm. that was the big question. What's it like to be a woman in comedy? And I didn't really have an answer because I had never been anything but that. And sure. I hadn't been doing it long enough to really know. Now, so many people not only do stand-up, but so many women do it. Um so it's less about that. And, you know, it's interesting because with more women doing it, the playing field gets even to where, you know, less and less are women able to say, oh, I didn't get it because I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. Now we're being given not all of them, but more opportunities. So now it really is like the cream really does have to rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's great. I think as long as you are the kind of person willing to do the work and willing to you know, know deep down if they didn't laugh, it's not always because you're a woman. Although that is sometimes. Sometimes the audience has a problem with it. Um, then then you'll, you'll make a good comic, I guess. Brilliant, brilliant. I was wondering if, um, do you think there's anything that could be improved in stand-up? Maybe not just in terms of gender representation, but do you think there's any kind of problems with the industry, things that could be worked on? Oh my God, are you asking me if there's problems in Hollywood that could be worked on? I mean, we'll be here all day. Like, yeah. how much time do you have? True. <laughs> um, no, you know, you know what? It's. I think people, when they have good luck, they tend to forget. Let me put it this way: for every high, there is a low, and Hollywood is replete with them. And I think we're very quick to yell, "That's not fair!" When, and I'm one of them for sure. When someone gets something, you know, she got this part, he got this show. You know, mm-hmm. we're very quick to decry the system and yell, "That's not fair!" When someone gets something. But it's that same hand that giveth and taketh away when you get something. 
you know, if you get a show, someone else might be saying, well, she's only been doing it for X amount of years. How come she got that and I didn't? Mm-hmm. You know, it's never totally fair. There's nothing that can be fixed. The Time's Up movement was great. The pendulum swung so hard the one way and it swung so hard the other way that, you know, a lot of good guys are scared for their jobs and that will pass. Eventually it will kind of get back to the middle. But by unearthing all of the casting couches and all of the of the muck and mire and this uh, assumption that women have to sleep with people for gigs and things like that, we, we're kind of getting to a more balanced place. But Hollywood by nature, you know, it's art, it's nepotism, it's things that are subjective. So you'll never make it a perfect system. All you can do at the end of the day is decide that you're along for the ride and that your morals are what they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to decide that your art means more to you than anything, even on the shittiest day and keep going. Cause it is not for the faint heart. I will tell you that. Sure. I can imagine. Jeez. Well, fair play. Cause I think that's a very insightful, succinct response to a very complicated question. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, of course. Who are some of the comedians who you admire, you know, male or female, people from the past, people from the present? Who inspires you? It's weird. I kind of walk a lonely path in that I didn't grow up watching a lot of stand-up, but mm-hmm. I knew I was going to do it. Um, but I think that also gave me the freedom to do my version of stand-up because I wasn't modeling myself after someone. Mm-hmm. I didn't have someone else's life goal in mind. So for me, it was always comedic actors and Saturday Night Live and Kids in the Hall and Living Color. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, 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 my objective has always been to be able to do and create on a bigger, better scale on my own terms. Mm-hmm. So you look at women, I mean, these are going to be some random things, some not. Like comedically, I've always loved Lori Metcalf. She played Jackie on Roseanne and was just in Lady Bird. Yes. And I think comedically, if you want to talk about someone that transcends gender mm-hmm. and just is an entity, I think she's great. I think Elizabeth Banks is brilliant. Like that's a, an insane career. Mm-hmm. Um, Tina Fey, I mean, I love 30 Rock. Um, I love Will Ferrell. I loved Adam Sandler. Chris Farley was amazing. Um, I mean, these are just things from kind of growing up. And now my head is buried so far up my own career's butt that (laughs) it's hard to take off those blinders and look around. But, you know, there's funny people everywhere. And uh, it's easy. You you can... It's it's difficult because in one stroke you admire them, and in the same stroke you're jealous. So it's a it's an interesting balancing act of admiration, but also remembering that you have your own past. It's interesting actually that you mentioned a few uh, movie stars there because I was going to ask you next about. Um, I was reading up that next year you're due to star in a feature film. Is this right? Called Instant Family from uh, Sean Anders, who would have done Daddy's Home, and it's with the likes of yeah. Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne, Octavia Spencer, big names in there. What can, what can you Tell us about that. Uh, I can tell you that I am literally packing my bag right now because I have to fly back to Atlanta for one day of shooting. I was there oh, wow. all last week, and I'm yeah, I'm shooting it now. And uh, what's fascinating is, so I got to go back for one shot for tomorrow. I'll fly on Wednesday, and then I go back for a week, and then from Atlanta after a week of shooting, I fly directly to Europe um, for two weeks, ending the tour in Ireland. Um, but the movie. Uh, I, by the grace of the comedy gods, I got, I guess his name would be Sean Anders. I got this part. It's a movie about adoption. It's based on a true story. 
Uh, it's based on Sean Anders' life, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it's about adoption and the process, and it's a world I never knew anything about. So Mark Wahlberg is married to Rose Byrne in the movie, and they're trying to adopt, and Octavia Spencer's in it. So basically, I get to get paid to sit around and watch these really accomplished actors work all day. All my teams are with them. Um, and I'll tell you what, like making a joke and having Octavia Spencer tell you you're funny, like it's, I'm pretty sure it's just like winning an Oscar. I don't know yet, <laughs> but in terms of, in terms of acceptance, I don't think it gets much higher than that. <laughs> That's amazing. It, it really sounds like such an incredible experience. Is a future in movies something you'd like to pursue? Because I found it really interesting that um, you originally studied film. And I find that interesting because I studied film also. Well, I studied film just because, I mean, I went to Emerson College in Boston. Now I think they have a comedy major. But when I was growing up, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And so... I was creative, and so a lot of kids, just like if you don't know what to do and you're smart, you, you go to law school. Uh, usually when you're creative and you're not sure what you're going to do, you go to film school, because mm-hmm. I was always making movies. I was always making comedies and always fascinated and making my own content, and uh, this was before YouTube or the internet, or anything. not the internet, but I'm not that old. Uh, this is before <laughs> YouTube uh, and people making all their own things, and so, yeah, it just seemed like a natural path to go... Yeah. I always knew it was going to be funny, and I felt film school was the best vehicle to get me into that world. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go to acting school, because I think that sounds like a waste of time uh, sure. at a at a four-year degree level. Sure, yeah, yeah. And sorry, the second part of my question was, and is a future in movies something you'd like to pursue as well? Yes. So, you know, I get asked that a lot. I think what people don't see is when you are one thing, all the other things that you're trying. I have read for a lot of major motion pictures you've seen. I've written several scripts that are mm-hmm. just now getting producers attached so we're (gasps) very excited about that yeah hoping to make a party goblin movie that is a oh my god fifth draft (laughs) sorry i'm getting excited even hearing about it (laughs) no i mean i i'll I'll take the enthusiasm when it actually gets made i don't want to ever say something's real when it's not but i had party goblin trademarked recently Mm -hmm. um so and i've written a couple other things i think something in hollywood that people forget to do is when things aren't going your way, when you don't book something, when you're not on the road, is to be writing. And so I just sat down and started writing movies. Since no one would cast me, I just started writing movies that I would cast myself in. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm at a place where I can hopefully, hopefully start to think about getting those made. So fingers crossed. Well, it sounds amazing. And I couldn't be more excited and more hopeful for you, Eliza. Thank you. Um, moving on to your upcoming gig in Vicker Street, which I do have tickets for and I'm super psyched for. Um, what are you looking forward to the most about performing in Ireland? You know, it's one of those countries that everybody, I mean, I've been all over the world and it's one of those countries that I've missed that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about it. Um, I had a mild fascination with Ireland as a child because as a, a white Ashkenazi Jew, I knew that there was no Irish blood in my family, and I always found the country so fascinating. <laughs> um, but I, I'm excited. I love to hear Irish accents. I'm, I think a big part of this tour, and this is for every country that I'm visiting, it's so humbling to know that you created something out of your own brain and creativity and imagination, and you put it on a channel that's able to reach. You put it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. that's able to reach all these countries. I know what an American fan looks like. I know what we all talk about and sound like I've been touring this country forever, but I'm very excited to be inspired by and feel 
I, I guess, the love from fans in a country that I've never been to. I think that mm-hmm. still blows my mind that without knowing anything about them to get to go there and they know everything about me. So I'm very excited for the adventure and to see what the Irish fans like from the comedy and what they respond to. So it's, you know, you're nervous because even when you go to Canada, like there's certain things that don't translate perfectly, but the audience gives you a pass. Mm -hmm. I'm just very, plus it's only one show in Ireland. I'm very excited to be open-minded and to meet everyone and touch them and, and, t- and meet my Celtic party goblins. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, definitely you'll find your fair share of party goblins in, in Dublin specifically. So don't, wor- don't worry oh, about I that. They are crazy. Yeah, I'm excited to maybe get a drink with them and see just how insane an Irish party goblin is. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, Eliza, I, I know I'm, I'm short on time here, so I just wanted to ask one for fun because we were kind of touching on, you know, film and comedy and kind of the, the you know, crossovers between them earlier. So I was wondering, this one's just for fun. What is your personal favourite comedy movie of all time? And if you want, you can pick like two or three if just picking one is a bit hard. Oh, man. Oh, man. It is a tough you know, one, I know. <laughs> the Jerk's a good one. I'll sound cool if I say that. I'll say The Jerk. The Jerk's Steve okay. Martin. I haven't seen You know, for a long time, it was Billy Madison. Oh, God. Anything from Steve Martin. Oh, God. What are good ones? What, how am I, you know what's weird? I'll be, here's my honest truth. I wish I, I'm never good with questions like that on the spot. I can give a witty answer for most <laughs> things, but referencing a catalog. As a comic, I watch a lot of TV more than mm-hmm. movies and a lot of serious things. But it's funny. <laughs> No, I don't want to say all these old movies. I mean, like, Elf is a brilliant movie. There's too many. I mean, I can answer that by saying almost anything Will Ferrell touches is genius. Yes. <laughs> um, boy, I, I want to say Borat. That sounds like I haven't seen a movie in a decade. <laughs> Borat's still a good we'll one. Go it is a classic. Jerk. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We'll go with, yeah. What if I said, like, Shawshank Redemption? Because it's always on. <laughs> it's always on in the States. Anyway, that would be kind of a dark there. one. <laughs> Brilliant. What was it? Not a comedy? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's my least favorite question, and I never have a good answer um, because I'm the kind of person if you stick me in front of a TV, I'll just watch it for hours on end because I am an American. <laughs> well, I think the jerk is a good choice anyway, and I haven't seen that one myself actually. So, so now I've one on my list to check out. I can't wait to see what you do in the future, and I can't wait to see your gig in Vicker Street. I am very excited. I just shot my last Netflix special. I shot my fourth one a couple weeks ago, so that's the act you guys are going to get. So I'm excited to bring it to you. Great, so that was my interview with Eliza Schlesinger. As I said before, she is playing at Bicker Street on April 19th. Make sure to subscribe to On The Line. Um, You know, like, share, comment and all that good stuff. And we'll have loads of more interviews and other content for you in the coming days and weeks.